everyone, and welcome to episode four. Can't believe it. Episode four of If You're Happy and You Know It with me, Miles Chapman, Ricky Grover, and our lovely uh, sound man and producer, Sam Underwood. So, uh, as usual, Ricky, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, but what I'm going to do, I'll, I'll listen to a bit of the last one, and I don't normally like listening. Um, because I don't really like the sound of my own voice and all that, but I listened to it and, I, and I, it was far too much of me. There was a lot of you. It was a lot of me, and, it, and, and I feel like I, really I think people are just going to skip through it. I think it's, I it's think boring. It is boring, and I'm, I'm <laughs> even talking about I shouldn't be doing it. I'm doing it at the moment. Look, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let you take the reins. No, don't right. put me under pressure. No, I'm not putting you under pressure. I'm going to let you take the reins. No, and I'm well, gonna... no, can I explain? I don't know what happens. I do try and take the reins, but you just snatch them back again. That's what happens. You're controlling, Ricky. You are. He's a very controlling man. I'm keeping Isn't that right, Maria? <laughs> Maria is Ricky's wife. <laughs> I'm going to keep Stum, and I'm going to let you take the reins. Shoot. Shoot. Right, here we go. So, um... Thanks very much for anyone who listened uh, on our last podcast. We were talking about um, depression and anxiety. We were talking about are they the, the, the are they combined? Are they on their own? Um, is there a separate thing? And you you were you were sort of struggling, not struggling, but trying to find out what anxiety felt like. Because you you're would you say you're more depression led, Ricky, than anxiety led? Nothing. Brilliant. Oh, there we go. <laughs> no, they're, they're, no. they're ridiculous. No. <laughs> I just point out, Ricky's just writing it all down on bits of paper. We're draw, we drawing pictures. No, there was too much of me. I told you to take the reins, right? You've lasted 30 seconds. You put it right on me, right? <laughs> so what I'm saying is take the reins. No, can I, no, can I also say, Joan, I just, I just also want to say as well, yeah. before we start the podcast, we always have the best intentions at starting at 10 o'clock. It's now 10.41. We've just started. And there's always some drama. And what was your drama this morning, Ricky? Couldn't get my phone to go, could I? <laughs> I want to just smash it over my head like I did with my laptop once. It's driving me crazy. Okay, and it's just won't. And it's a really important day for me. I've got loads of calls coming in. The one day I can't get it going. Anyway, so like, I'm I'm bad at tech. Would you agree, Sam? I'm pretty bad at pretty tech. Not great. But not I think great. Ricky takes it to a whole new level, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I'm well. just, I'm just one of these people. My daughter goes crazy because I just ask her. She's 35 years old, and I haven't let let her leave the house just so I've got someone to ask how to work the remote control and the phone. <laughs> I just keep, mate. I just keep doing things. I keep spoiling her relationships and all of that, and <laughs> taking them, you know, taking her boyfriends out by the pond. Say, if you come back, I'll kill you, and all that. <laughs> Just so I can keep it here to keep your phone working. <laughs> All right, so look. Um, let's talk depression. Let's talk depression uh, and and anxiety. So there you, you know go. what, though? You really aggravate me. Every time I come here, every week, he's so happy, isn't he? He's I so am. happy. Can I yeah, say, I, I am that. really happy this week. I know, and he's bringing me down. And you're, how do you feel? Out of 10. 10. 10's the best you could ever feel. Zero is like, I want to top myself. Where are you? Four and a half. So Sam, I ain't bad. Sam, where are you? Uh, six or seven, I think. Yeah, I've written oh, about yeah. seven or eight today. So I'm four and a half, so I'm entitled to try and spoil the show. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky or yeah. Sam or all of us, when yeah. when you're feeling depressed or anxious, so when you feel it coming over you, and it is, a, we all know what a horribly vile feeling it is, yeah. what's your shortcut or what's your go-to thing to try and make yourself feel better? What do you do? Right, so there's a couple of things that I can do that I know will make me feel better. When I say feel better, start to feel a bit more uplifted. But it's whether I want to do it. 
because there's part of mm. me yeah. that thinks it's on me. I'm just, you know, I don't know whether I want it to be on me, but it's just whether I can be asked to try and force it out of me, whether I just go with the flow. Now, I I totally get that. You know, when when you have depression, anxiety come on you, you haven't got the energy or the impetus to get up and change it because you've just lacking energy or any get up and go. So it is really, really difficult. For me, music really, really helps. There's certain tracks or pieces of music that really put me in in a better place. Um, food I find really really helps um, but in Maine I know exactly what you're saying like people say exercise go and do some exercise when you're really full of anxiety and depression you, the last you, thing you feel like doing is getting up going to the gym or going down the swimming pool and swimming you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to be able to do I, I, I'm almost the opposite I can't I, if I'm in a if I'm in a bit of a spot I can't listen to too much music because it, I get too emotional which yeah, sounds a bit odd, but it, so I would I'd rather just go get lost at the gym, listen to some hectic whatever drum and bass metal or whatever, just and just thrash around for. So you see, Sam's different era with, with Miles. What my, Jill's already told me, he puts Abba on and dances all around the front room with a little pair of knickers on, right? Knickers on with a with a, with a tin of baked beans, cold baked beans cold, in a spoon, cold baked beans in a spoon, but. It depends. Do you know what though? When you there's music, some music. I'll be honest with you. Like my favourite sort of music is, I suppose, sort of um, food glorious. And <laughs> <laughs> he's spiteful. No need for that, is it? Look, he knows I'm down. He knows I'm on four and a half, and he's trying to take me down to three and a half. Uh, he, there's certain music, you know, I used to really sort of like Ray Charles, uh, Marvin Gaye, all them sort of old Motown sort of music I, I like. But I don't mind. My guilty pleasure is... Are you a believer? ...bit of country and western. And I'll tell you why. Because you get really sad songs, <laughs> right? And I love a sad song. Yeah, we all love a sad yeah, song, but don't we? There's nothing, there's nothing more to add the layers of depression. When you feel down, you don't, oh, sometimes when you feel down, you don't go looking for them uplifting you songs. Don't. You look for them sad songs to bring you down even worse. Right, and now you're absolutely right. So I was going to pick up on this. There's a yeah. little bit of self, I think sometimes when you feel depression, anxious, there's a bit in all of us, I don't want to speak to everyone, a bit of self-sabotage. So you bring yourself, almost testing yourself to see how low or anxious or emotionally charged you can feel. It's a bit like when someone finishes a relationship, and I've been out with girls years ago and they they finish with you or the relationship ends and you're in bits. It's horrendous. What's the first (laughs) thing you do? You put a song on that reminds you of them. You just sit there and you sort of just wallow in self-pity. Do you know what I mean? Give me an an example. An example? What sort of song I'd choose? Give me, no, just tell me who you got blanked by and just give me the song. (laughs) Um... Who got blamed? But I went out. This is year. This no, is, no, you can't really name. No, them, but, no, no. But just no, give no. me, give, give me some clues, and then just give me set the scene, <laughs> yeah. and then give me the song. Okay, uh, so you're enjoying this, aren't you? Yeah, I'm feeling better. <laughs> I've gone up to a seven. <laughs> I'm past you. I've so gone I, up to I'll, a seven. It was, it was horrible. I met this girl over here. She's a French girl. She was a friend of a friend. Yeah. Got on really, really well with us. Uh, with uh, with her and we had a we had a lovely time and this is this is pre this is 1992 so this is pre-internet right um pre-mobile phone so when she went back to france she went back in the april and i said i'll come over in the summer to in july and we'll you know spend a couple of weeks together so the only way we could communicate was either by phone which cost a fortune because you're ringing on you know yeah. 
Or we send each other letters, which was lovely. Uh, and it was really old-fashioned. So she'd send me a letter and spray a bit of perfume uh, on it. You know, it was really old-fashioned sort of like, sort uh, of amour. It was gorgeous. Yeah. So there was no... Because years ago, now, you'd just text each other continually yeah. and you'd be on Facebook. But, you know, I'd almost to a point forgotten after about a month I was half forgotten exactly how she looked and then she'd send photos in the post to remind me and I'd send photos it was so lovely you yeah. don't get that people no. don't send letters anymore no. really do they because no. there's no need it's nice to receive a letter anyway forward wind to July she says yeah I'm really excited about you coming over blah 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 went over there all really excited quite nervous and my anxiety was pretty bad at the time and um, it's actually it's a bit of an embarrassing story. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Right? I'm enjoying this. Went over I'm there. for the fall. Went yeah. over there. You know, you know what's I'm coming. I'm waiting for the sucker like punch. It. I'm waiting for the yeah. sucker punch. So yeah, go on, yeah. Get I, over I, there. I can see his little face smiling. <laughs> get over there. With his little berry on and his little, his his little bike with the onions. Onions down there. My little stripy top yeah, on. Go on. Yeah, go on. So got off the ferry. Yeah. Drove down. She said, I'll meet you in the ferry port. And I drove down and she was in her car. And as I drove down, I saw her car in the car park. And as soon as she got out of the car, I thought, something's wrong. I could just tell. Yeah. She, the way she looked at me or and she knew it was me, it wasn't like, oh, here he is. It was yeah. like, oh, here he is. It was just, oh, do you know what I mean? It was like, oh, oh. oh no. And it was just, just a bit awkward. And the way we sort of kissed and yeah. sort of hugged each other was a little bit was sort of that like, French style kissing both cheeks no it was a bit go? sort of like oh my brother's come back from the war it was a bit uh, like that rather than uh, my lover's come back from, uh, from uh, <laughs> it wasn't very nice so went back to, went back to her went back to her place and, I, and, and she was just really cold and I was just uh, and I thought oh maybe it's because I and I was given a couple of days and I said something wrong isn't it she said yeah yeah I don't think I've I've got the same feelings for you anymore you know, oh, other things. And she's things. got you all the way to France. Yeah, that was it? the worst. And I was absolutely... What, what part of France was it? St. Marlowe. Uh, where is that? Uh, uh, Brittany. Uh, so it was like a 14-hour ferry crossing. I felt uh, as sick as a pipe all the way across as well. <laughs> really, that's horrible. <laughs> Do you know and what? I'm, I feel all right. Yeah. Now, wait, There's sort of a coda to this. Oh, please tell me you try to drown yourself. No. Well... Here we go. Here we go. So this is what happened. Please tell me you jumped off this, the ferry right, and this you is got what, fished out. This is what happened. It gets worse. It yeah, gets go worse. On. So this is what happened. So yeah, go on. I got all uh, really, really upset and, and and I was sitting, I was sleeping in this spare room and I came in and I said, look, it's about four day, five days in. I said, there's just no point in me being here anymore, really, is it? Yeah. And she went, no, Maz, I think, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm really sorry, but uh, I think maybe you best to go. Yeah. And I was like, don't, uh, don't say that. And I remember, I remember ringing up the ferry port and this uh, French guy trying to go, uh, le, le ferry traverse uh, anglais. Uh, uh, what's, what's, what's earlier? Earlier in English. Yeah. French. Trying to get a, a, a ticket early to uh, go. It was so uh, depressing. And I remember How going, old was your mum? How old was you, roughly? Uh 24. Oh, yeah, go on, yeah. And she was, I think she was just 20. Uh, and I remember going up in... Going, she was still at home with her parents. Remember going. So up. you would have had a big mop of air there. Oh it? yeah, they're oh. all going on. Yeah, and I remember going up in the room and packing this case. Yeah. Now I'm just there's a little code here because up until that point, ninety two, I became ill with anxiety, depression. Not really, still didn't know what was wrong with me at this point. This is three years on, mm. and I remember her coming in saying, "I'm really, really sorry," and I just burst into tears. Uh. But I didn't cry for that only. I cried. It was almost like all of that frustration yeah. and of, of the last three years of feeling ill came out in one hit. 
and I must have cried for about half an hour. Uh, I was wailing. In the end, she, in the end, she just left the bedroom, just left me too. She must have thought it's he's fucking crackers. He's come it? here, he's and come I was feeling. I cried. I cried so much, so much that I was literally just exhausted. I had nothing more in me. Uh, I felt like I felt broken at the end of it. So, so, and the, so here's the thing. What's I bought the song. The, ferry. the song. The song. Yeah, well, hang, the on, song. hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang oh, on. I got in. Um, we still on the ferry. Sorry. Well, not we are sailing. It wasn't not, we are no. sailing. <laughs> No, go on. Well, the first time I met her, we danced <laughs> yeah. to uh, Crystal Waters. La, da, dee, da, da, da. It's not even a romantic song, but every time I heard it, I, I, no. oh, so that was yeah. The, oh, and it, every time, like, it's your do, tem do, or something. No, nah, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it's your tem. So, so, so hang on. So the following, yeah. so I book, I managed to get a ferry. I think for eleven o'clock the following morning. Yeah. So I had one more night to stay there. Yeah. And I don't know if there's anything in this. I told you, I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. I mean, literally, how it was like, yeah, it was like sobbing, sobbing, proper like. <laughs> so she just. I can't understand morning, why she let you go. The yeah, following go morning, I felt as if I'd never been ill. Oh. My whole body felt I had no anxiety, I had no depression. My head was clear, yeah. and for the next six months, I felt absolutely fantastic. The best I'd ever felt. That's interesting. Now, isn't that interesting? It is interesting. It's almost like I'd cried all that. Gr- it was almost grieving over how ill I'd been. Yeah, and she sort of like just. Tipped, tripped it off. Was it's, the ca- it, exactly that. It's almost like when, you know, like people uh, lose their memory for years or something and all of a sudden they hit their head and then they, and then they, yeah, they yeah. remember everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything back, yeah. you know. But it's just... Um, it's almost like a trigger. It I, was, I, I, I'm going to be honest. Go on. I'm a little bit gay because I, I was going to say, you look a bit upset. I'm a bit upset because <laughs> I wanted this sadder ending than that. I mean, it's all right. I mean, I'm all you right. You wanted me to stand on the bow of the ferry I, and I, this bloke I, say, don't do it, don't I, do it. I wanted, I wanted, <laughs> you know, I thought he's, he's going to go overboard and get fished out and he's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be really embarrassing because everyone's going to be staring at him for hours on They've the ferry. The That's him. Oh, people moan, fam, you know, in families from Dagnum moaning. <laughs> He's made us light. <laughs> phone Fred, phone Fred, and tell him, tell him we're going to be like. I wanted, you know, I wanted a bit, but you know, I bit understand. Drama, it. really. But do you know what? She's got to be really spiteful to have took you all that way to tell you that. Because you must have known. Was there someone else involved, or you? I think known? there must have been. Yeah, must I think have. there was. And the thing is, I, I don't know where to blame. She was, she was, she was young. Apparently, a year or eighteen months before her dad shot herself. Uh, Which, before a dad shot, shot yeah, shot himself. Shot himself. He committed suicide. So that must oh, have been really hard for her to deal with. Bit, and it's like you don't know what's bit, going on no, in her head. You don't. She probably no, made that decision and thought, yeah. I can't tell him now. I'd rather tell him face to face when he's over. And that it's was probably the wrong to, decision. But I think so. A long way to you know, make you come to sort of. And I remember being yeah. absolutely devastated. I was yeah. just I could, because I tell you why because it took so much effort because I was feeling so ill to actually get on that ferry on my own and go over there it yeah. felt like absolutely you know, a massive massive ordeal so it does and show to, it, to get the other end and be faced with that was like oh <laughs> thanks <laughs> there, is, there is a pattern in depression though that sometimes you get so low and you get it with a big sucker punch like that and there's nowhere else to go but up, is there? Yeah. You know, no. like, so So sometimes when you think it can't get any worse and you think, oh, please, not that as well, mm. that is sometimes that puts you back against the ropes and you think, I've got to do something here. Yeah. I've got to turn this round. You know, I've either got to stay with this, you know, and... I didn't. I'm not really keen on your choice of song and all. I thought you was gonna. I thought it was gonna be like bread. You know, one of them songs by bread. 
a ship without a wheel and all that. <laughs> See, you, you don't listen to proper sad songs. I've got... Oh, I'm sorry oh. I disappointed you. Go on, what's, what's your saddest song? What's the song oh, that sets you off? He's told you, it's a little country and western one. And I think it was by someone like Tammy Wynette. You know, someone proper who could really, you know, hit the chords. And it was about someone dying in, 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 the, in the deepening snow and all that. And he lies in a grave back in Lutzfield, something like that, <laughs> with a headstone that's just one year old. <laughs> Oh, won't you please? I better not sing no more because it's going to cost us a few quid. <laughs> but it's a really sad, I like them really, I write them really sort of heart-wrenching. The thing about country and western, and we all know it's ridiculous, you've got to walk about with a big hat on and all that, but the thing about their songs, they're, they're normally a story that starts from the beginning to the mm. end. And I, like, I do like, actually, she's managed... Um, to do it, uh, 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 who's it? What's that great singer's name? She's gone out. Adele. Adele. Uh, Adele's managed to do a, a, a get a couple of songs that takes you on a journey on a really yeah, sad. And yeah. I would imagine, you know, that a lot of people listen to them sort of songs and get lost. So it's not always about. It's not always about um, choosing songs that are uplifting. Sometimes you want to go with it for a while, and that's what you're saying. What do I do if I was going to sort of. I've got the tools in the box. It's whether I want to use them, and I think yeah. we all have. So the tools in the box would be have a shower yeah. first, you know, or go swimming, because I think water is definitely does oh, something to If I go swimming, it really lifts me, yeah. Invigorates yeah, you. Yeah. Well, with swimming, you're doing two things. You, you, you've got water and you've got the exercise. Listening to some good music. Yeah. Listening to, um, you know, uh, relaxation tapes or listening to a motivational speaker who you're into, you like, there's that. Exercise is a massive one mm. because if you can force yourself, I've, I've sort of, I've dragged myself to to a cross trainer and think, oh no, well, this is ridiculous. And I've started doing it and within 20 minutes, I've changed the way I felt. Yeah, But I think the big question is, do you want to change the way you feel? Or do you want to wallow in that self-pity or wallow in that sadness and darkness? Because sometimes if you try and brush over it, it's sort of like a grieving time. If you don't allow yourself to grieve and you just make out everything's all right mm. and you do something to uplift yourself, it, st it still stays there. It's almost like you're not doing yourself justice to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think sometimes, you know, the depression and, and anxiety can hit you from nowhere then there's no seeming you know like I've said before you everything's fine you feel pretty good nothing major's happened like we've had no bad news or anything like that and, and all one of a sudden you just wake up morning and think oh fucking hell he's back again what's going on why do yeah. I feel like this yeah. so and I think I, I hate it so much the feeling that I will not push it away but I will try anything to try and I think I think you could, I think there's ways for me the ways to do it is not to get Involved with it. Don't have a conversation with it. Mm. Just let it be there and let it float over you. Don't don't bury yourself in it because I think the more you question it, and I think the worse it gets. It's a bit like quicksand. The more you struggle with it, the, the, the deeper you sink. And I think I think you're right. If you if you do things to not not avoid, be be aware that it's there. Don't ignore it, 
but don't keep challenging it and ruminating on it and, and questioning it that makes it worse. There's alarm bells, though, certain things, warning signs. And one of my warning signs is being really over-happy. He's being really like, oh, I know, like, I've, like feeling, I've yeah. got it, like I've got the answers, preaching to everyone what they should be doing, and uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, if you do this, it does this to you, and it, you know, even going into sort of what foods are, are good for uplifting, what you know, foods bring you down, all of that sort of stuff. Think as soon as you think you, you've got the answers. You're in a little bit of trouble. It all comes crashing down, isn't it? Can it? All work, it can, and, it, and what it does, when it does come crashing down, because you've been so up there, it, it feels a lot worse. It feels like, oh, because you've, you've got all the shame around. You feel like you're going backwards. You're going yeah. backwards and you've told everyone, you know. Oh, you feel like a fraud, oh, don't you? Oh, you feel like a fraud. And I think probably one of the biggest things, our, our life's journey, is finding out who we are and not being sure of who we are is it's quite depressing. Yeah, yeah. Because you go, am I nice? Am I horrible? Am I a coward? Am I brave? Am I slippery? Am I genuine? Yeah. You, these are the questions we're constantly asking, and we're probably a bit of all of them things. Yeah. We're probably made up of all of them. Well, uh, do you know what? Here's the thing. So I was going to mention something earlier on, and I think it's quite a good time to mention it. I think one of the worst things we can do to bring ourselves down is compare ourselves to other people all the time. Mm. Like you were saying about trying to find out who you are. I wish I was like them. I wish I was doing what they were doing. They seem to have a better life. They've got a better body than me. They've got they've got hair. Look look at their girlfriend. Look at their boyfriend. All these things. You've got to look how look how fat I'm. Look how thin they are. Look at their house. Look at their car. And you know we're constantly comparing, wishing we were something else, and that's really damaging. Wishing we weren't us. That's a, what what sort of thing is that? It's like a friend being with you saying, "I wish I wasn't with you. Mm. I wish I wasn't with you because I don't like you." And that's. Constantly saying that to yourself is really damaging. And I think one of the worst things for doing that, I think we all do it, is social media. Mm. I really believe that. Because you're like that with Jeremy Clarkson, aren't you? You sort of, you get a bit jealousy. Yeah, I love him. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that social media is is really damaging in some way because there's constant comparisons. People looking at other people's lives thinking, I wish I had their life. I wish I looked like them. You know, I wish I was doing what they were doing. And, and it I, doesn't matter. It's it's about you. You know, I mean, it it's, it's good it, to have. Look, sorry, Rick, I'm no, it's good to have aspirations, and it's good to look at other people and think, "I wish I could do that." And that's good to be inspired by something. Yeah. Like for example, you know, when I wanted to be an actor, or I wanted to write comedy, or you know, you see someone's body and think, "Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym and try and get a body like that." But that's fine. But I think it's just constantly be bombarded with thinking that people are better than you. Or have better lives, I think is really, really damaging. And I think that 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 self-sabotaging conversation, I think, is really damaging to people. Mm. I think the biggest the most damaging thing in the world, probably, as a as a a feeling, if you can call it a feeling or an emotion, is resentment. And exactly yeah. what you're just saying. You know, I think probably the biggest killer that manifests all sorts of diseases in us and all sorts of illnesses is is resentment because there is nothing worse than living with resentment and Mm. you know one of the i suppose one of the best blueprints for life when people who are addicts is is they use the aa thing as a and step nine is um so reason i think you know um 12 step program really works for people is because if you don't know how to run your life, 
it at least, listen, it, not everything's perfect in everything, but what it does, it at least gives you a format to, yeah, to, blocks, to, to yeah. build some building blocks. And one of the, step nine is about going to the people who you may have resented and telling them and apologising to them. For, so it could be for something that, you know, you've nicked something out of their house years ago or you've, you've had a resentment about them because you felt this about them or you done them a wrong something like that and and the and when you do step 9 you don't say you know I'm really sorry I felt this about you but the reason was huh. you leave it at I'm really sorry about this I don't feel on the outside as that person it may seem like that you're you're doing a great favor to them but what you're doing is a great favour to yourself because yeah. you're lifting that resentment. I agree. And I think I think there's, a, there's another key word. So we're, we're getting quite a serious here. Aren't no, we it? are. Like, like, this is like good. Yeah, this not? is good. I don't know about you, Sam and, and Ricky, but there's another key word I like, I like to sort of invest in myself in is compassion. And that's compassion for yourself and compassion for other people. Now, as I've as I've gone through all these sort of various breakdowns and illnesses I've had, and I'm feeling pretty good at the moment, um, is when I see other people struggle – and when you have empathy with people, you get compassion for people because then you think, oh, yeah, I know why you're like you are. And we all have, like if someone really winds me up and does something in a certain way, rather than me going, they've done it personally to me, I can see the mechanics sometimes in people as to why they do what they do because mm. they're just trying to defend themselves. They're trying to move away that from that feeling of fear and self-doubt or whatever, and they do what they do to make themselves feel better. We all do what we do to make ourselves feel better and happy with ourselves, regardless of whether that affects other people. And I think to have self-compassion for yourself but compassion for other people, knowing that what they're doing isn't to hurt you, it's doing because they're trying to defend themselves, I think is a major breakthrough for me. And it let, because you're right, resentment eats away at you. It's like a cancer. It's horrible. And if you and let we, go of that. And we don't know what other people are, f- are thinking. No, you know, we don't. How many times, you know, I would say for me, probably 90% of the time I've got it wrong. Yeah. What I thought was going on in their head was something totally, totally different. Yeah. Making and assumptions, it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and we know it's only, it's, it, so it's about communication. It's about understanding people yeah. and about, you know, and I suppose the big, you know, going back to it, it's about understanding ourselves. Yeah. You know, what? what is it? Why are we thinking, you know, why are we thinking like we think? And we strive to, like I said, we strive to learn. I've, I've been on every course going you know what I mean I've been I've been on all sorts of courses to sort people out and I've I've you know I'm not a good reader but I've read all books by Urquhart Tolley and you know Louise Hay and the the, the chimp paradox did you get the tapes (laughs) did you get the tapes of the book yeah I used to I started up with the cassette tapes I got into all this year (laughs) I got into all this sort of years ago and going to them sort of Anthony Robbins weekends yeah and all that, they're all screaming out, you you want to be happy? And all that, you know, doing all of that. And it's great while you're on the weekend. And it's great when you go and do these little things. And also it's great when you, you know, when you live your life on the outside and you do things to help you. Why you're doing them is fantastic. But for people like us, and I say people like us who, who suffer from depression on a, on a regular basis, to have any chance of holding this at bay, I believe you've got to do stuff regularly. Yeah. You, cannot- you can't do it every now and then. You're absolutely right. 
Because I don't know about you, but what I do, I'm really getting terrible trouble and thinking, like, when I say trouble, I feel really low. I can't, you know, I can't face anything. And I find a way to get myself out of it. And I think, I'm fixed. Mm. And you don't I'm bother right. again. I don't bother again. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I've gone again. Well, this you know, thing, but it's like anything in life. You, you've got to keep doing it to become good at it. It's like, it, like I teach it. the drums, and I, I know that if people don't practice in between lessons, they're not going to progress. It's a waste of if time. you don't go down the gym and keep lifting weights and doing exercise, you're not going to build your body. You can't just go once no. every six months. It ain't going to happen. You've got to keep doing it. It's like it's spinning like, plates. You've just got to make sure they stay up. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah got no, keep, absolutely. You have to keep working it. Yeah. And it, but then it's if you want to work at it, you know, we're all different. And you, but I do think, you know, what we do, we think, oh, we're fixed, we're all right. And then we leave it all alone, then it comes back on us. But yeah. a lot of people become therapists, go, you know, them weekends I'm talking about. Like a lot of people, they, they come, they, they get recruited. And I think a lot of them, people help a lot of these sort of life coaches. They they get on board or become a life coach yeah. by being in the atmosphere and by constantly, you know, constantly helping people. They keep themselves well because they feel makes you feel worthy. You know, I've said it a doing lot of times. Doing, doing something for someone else is a lovely, lovely, lovely thing to do. Well, we all feel, you know, Christmas I, we feel good when you give each other presents. It's a nice feeling. There's isn't part it, of know? all of us that feels worthless, and, and and by helping someone, it makes you feel worthy. But one of the big things in the twelve step program, and I keep going back to that. Not that I'm working the steps at the moment, but I, I do know quite a bit about them, and I've done them before. But you don't work the 12 steps and that's you finished. Mm. People go, oh, what the 12 steps? I've heard, what, have you done the 12 steps? What people don't, you don't do the 12 steps and that's you done. You do the 12 steps for the rest of your life. You've got to keep that going, yeah. You, you're, you're constantly working, you, you work your life around them steps and, and that, has, that, that whole concept, that 12 step thing has saved not thousands, it has saved millions of people's lives. Yeah. You know, and when there's no one else to go, I, I wouldn't know anything more powerful than saying, well, go and do that. Not that I agree with every single thing in it, but it's, it's the nearest you'll get to a blueprint of how to live your life. It's a lifestyle change. It's everything. Yeah. It's holistic. I, I, oh, so <laughs> this is uh, apropos of nothing, but I worked, I used to work at um, uh, a company. I'm not going to say the company. I'm not going to say the people. I worked opposite these two women for about three or four years. Um, and they were constantly on a diet, some sort of Weight Watchers diet or the Atkins diet. Or Was it Greg's? Greg's diet. No, 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 I'm and saying, was it with the firm Greg's you was working at? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, go on, yeah, go on. But the pair of them, I don't yeah. think they lost an ounce between them in three years. Because what they what they do is, they'd sort of, they'd look, well, they they would, but they'd just put it back on again. Because yeah. what they do, they go, I've lost three pounds, I'll have a treat. Oh, the weekend we went for Chinese, yeah. I feel naughty. And then they'd put it all back on again. You've yeah. got to change it. And what they do, they do the worst possible thing. They buy the Weight Watchers products, which are just shit. They're horrible. Because yeah. what it is, you have a battle with food. She said, these are great, these biscuits. Because what you can do, you can have two of these instead of one normal one. Yeah. We'll have one normal one then. Yeah. Because the two Weight Watchers ones taste like shit. You know, yeah. and they're full well, of chemicals. And it's well, like, just eat most, healthy, most, proper food. Most, Don't most, eat... most diet foods, whoever they're made by, are they vile? Are, are going to be full of, you know, full of sort of additives and full of all sorts of rubbish. So they don't make you it's feel It's worse good. for you than the actual fat, I think, in some cases. Well, it is, and what it is, anything, you know, sweeteners are far worse for you than, than 
natural really, sugar, yeah. Well, really cancerous, really... And, and, and they do the same thing. That What they do, they're trigger foods, so that you eat them and then you just want to... You, we just want to go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but the thing is, when you think about it, the, the weight industry is one of the biggest industries in the world. It earns a fortune. It wouldn't be no value to them to get people well quick, would it? No, no, it wouldn't. Oh. What, no, absolutely. That'd be the end of that. Yeah, it? no, you're absolutely. You know, so right. you know, your you're ideal thing right. is people keep getting fat and thin, fat and thin. You know, but they don't get thin. You know, a lot of these different. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna go back to the music thing again. I'm gonna say, say, Sam, what is the song? What song can you listen to every time it tears you up? Makes me feel awful. Yeah, all, but all, you know, sometimes you you almost enjoy feeling emotional in a song because you can't believe the power something like that can have over you in terms of your emotions. So it's like you sort of go back to it. Oh, have you got a song? Or songs even. You might have a you might have a few. Off the top of my head, I can't actually there's a there's a few that remind me of, you know, relationships past or, and or, yeah. Or, or or times I was particularly down. Yeah. Uh I'll get this Tammy Winnet song. Yeah, I it's guess. It's snowing it? out there in the gloaming. <laughs> <laughs> But I like my, mine. Mine every time is um, uh, "When Love Breaks Down" by Prefab Sprout. It's a beautiful song. Uh, when love breaks down, the things you do to stop the truth from hurting you. It's a beautiful song. Uh, it's a beautiful song. The, the one it? that comes to mind for me is "Nouveau Bianche" by um, uh, Ludovic Einaudi, the guy that wrote some of the soundtrack to um, "This Is England." Ah, yeah. yeah. So it's no, there's no lyrics to it, but it's. The, just, the core just, progressions just are just beautiful, it's like yeah, incredible. It, it, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. Um, now it is the thing. So I was gonna, I was gonna say, we're talking about music. It's now music is is one of the most, the biggest emotional pulls we can have. So if you put a bit of music on, it automatically drags you back to a place or with a certain amount of people or a time in your life. Yeah. But they reckon the strongest emotion that we have to pulling us back to certain places. <laughs> Ricky's just put up, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Go on, fill yeah. me in. Uh, smell. So you get you get smell therapy. Yeah. Um, because if you smell, for example, if I smell a perfume yeah. of someone I went out with years ago, it takes me straight back to a time and a place. And about you? Uh-huh. Do, you do you find smell? There's, well, I remember going away uh, on a French exchange trip and my mum packed me a little bar of coal tar, Wright's coal tar soap. And I, you can still buy that. And Jill bought a, like a, you know, not the bar, but the, you know, the actual sort of dispenser one of it. And I smelt it and I was 10 years old again in this little yeah. village in France. It just, oh, goes to France a lot. Yeah. It goes to yeah. France a lot. Do you know what I was going to ask you? See this, I want you to be totally honest with me. Go on. See the girl in France. Yeah. Who give you the knockback. Who asked you to leave after you took? Seven. Well, I suggested that I should go. Yeah, yeah you, you, <laughs> just, could just, go. Yeah. you do. You do know the difference between courting someone and stalking someone, don't you? <laughs> I think that's because, where I went wrong. <laughs> all the letters, all the all the unopened letters from her you, telling her me not to come over, <laughs> that I ignored. <laughs> that was a problem. Because if you you know if someone puts a restraining order on you, Miles. It means you. It means you. You can't get on the ferry. You probably you just stay where you stay where you are. I did wonder why there was a police presence at the port <laughs> when I turned up. I think it was front, on. Always, always in front. Fronts. Started when he was ten, <laughs> buying little bars of soap and staring at her across the road. It was. I. You know. Going back, I remember it being absolutely, totally and utterly devastated. Yeah. Just uh, thought the world had been uh, pulled out of my arsehole. It was horrendous. 
But like I say, because I just had this huge, like this crying breakdown, it's almost like I've been, it was like a sort of emotional colonic. You know, I just sort of pulled all this, yeah. all the poison out of me. You know, it was weird. So, I wonder if there's like a crying therapy thing. Yeah. I if there's something oh, on that where people be. get yeah. people to cry and cry and cry and cry and try. Because I think a good cry sometimes does make you feel loads better, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I've done a thing called Gestalt thing. And when you go crazy and smash pillars up and all that. last week. They're talking about it last week. But you normally end up, after smashing everything up, you normally end up crying. Yeah. Because under, you know, beneath most people's anger is fear and sadness. Yeah. And then when you get to the core of it, you know, that that's what you that's what you're sort of left with. And what you said, but I feel I suppose I feel quite embarrassed when I cry because of I suppose the way I look. And I can't smell perfume because I mean I my mean, nose broken too many times. <laughs> but but <laughs> baseball bats over the head and all that. But I, you know, I, I, I sort of some people can cry, and it, and they can sort of really let let it out. Let it go, I, yeah. I, I, I remember sort of in my worst times of depression when I started getting it really bad at one time that I was sort of crying. I couldn't stop myself, and I was crying in front of my daughter and my wife. <laughs> See, <laughs> see, he loves it, doesn't he? No, he loves it. But <laughs> look at me. Can I tell you? Because I've yeah. done it, and I know what it's like. But That's it, why I'm laughing. Yeah, but what it is? They're really confused. Can with, I? Can I was I, confused because of, I've always been sort of the tough one and all of that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what he done? He changed the dynamics of our relationship. Yeah. And I was sort of trying to get to the toilet in time. <laughs> and I could, and I couldn't make it sometimes. So what I do, I try oh, and make up. Bless you. I try and make it. I was laughing or something, oh. and I was going, and they were going, "You're right," because like, they knew it was on me. You are you all right? Because I've just been yeah. laying there and being. I go, yeah, it's just something to. It's just something that really seemed really made me laugh. And then going, and, go, <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they they can hear you really cry. Should I tell you why yeah. I find it funny? Because it's yeah. the empathy thing. But yeah. the reason I find it is because. Uh, uh, listeners, you've probably seen what Ricky Graver looks like. He looks like a, a Canadian black bear. He's huge. He's a big, big man. And I know if you punch me, kill me, stone dead. Uh, but it's seen someone who, like you, on the face of it, is a really hard, tough man in that position. It's just there's such an awkward juxtaposition for it. And it's just, I don't know, it's something just... But behind, it's seen, do you know what I mean? It's behind like a, everyone that's sort of... I suppose tough or whatever you there's a you know there's an exterior and, and and often you know you see all these big everyone's doing weight not everyone but a lot of people doing weights now and made these big muscles and tattooed their body and all that and what they're really doing is putting a suit of armor on you know that's yeah. what it is you know I've said before someone's we're talking about positive you know positive things you've got out of therapy yeah you know, and I, I think when you the positive things you've got from I've got from therapy and and from listening to all these things, it may be one sentence. I remember you saying to me a little while ago that your therapist said to you, "You deserve to be happy." Yeah, and I thought that really resonated with you. Mm. And I'm not being funny. You've probably heard that a thousand times. But for some reason at that point it at meant that something. point in time it just went ping. And I think it comes yeah. and it comes back to that self-compassion thing. I think as soon as you start having compassion for yourself and, and others yeah. as well I think it's a real breakthrough. Don't have compassion for yourself you never think you deserve to feel good or happy. 
Mm. I really believe mm. that. You feel like you deserve to feel crap. There's a constant battle. I think, I don't deserve this. I'm a bad person, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that, we said last week, we all think we're sort of bad and good, but we are. We're all underneath it. We all deserve to feel well and content and happy. No one deserves to feel like this. No one. Yeah. It's horrendous. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. No, I agree. I think we should. We'll see you next should we week. Wrap it up? Let's leave it there. Should we wrap, should we wrap <laughs> well, it up? Well, listen, everyone. That was that was probably the more one of the more serious ones we've yeah. done. The others have been. Tell us a joke, Miles. Do you know any joke? Uh, do you know what I? I put on there. Uh, we've got um, a series coming out on Channel Four soon, and one of the questions I asked is, "What's your favourite joke?" As a comedian called Mick Miller. Do you know Mick Miller? I know Mick Miller, yeah. He's got the he's worst a, hair yeah. in the world. He's got like, he's bald and then he's got a lot, the hair sort of grows from like the temples down, dead, like sort of iron straight. And uh, I, he's just so funny. He really, really makes me laugh. And he, one of the things he said was, uh, I can't, probably can't do it justice, but he said, uh, he said, I was in the, uh, I was in the circus for about eight years. He goes, I didn't have a, didn't have an act, but they kept me on because I was the only one that could fit the tent in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. made me laugh. No, he's really he, made me he's laugh. He's a very funny man, uh, Mick Miller. Funny enough, he's one of these because there's I'm on this sort of alternative uh, comedy scene, and he, he he's on the mainstream comedy. Yeah, he's really mainstream. He's it? very yeah. mainstream. But you say that, I'll tell you something. The the, the difference between us is supposed supposedly yeah. is that uh, the mainstream comedians just all use each other's jokes and use. Just use run of the mill jokes. Yeah. Mick Miller is one of these people who writes loads of his own material. Oh, it's really good. Sounds and it's, really and it, odd as and well. And it's fantastic. And it's odd. It's off the wall. He's very. He's one of these people. Who I feel though he's done great for himself. He's a very underrated comedian. He's one of these people. Who I feel like he crosses all all boundaries and all you know all sort of walks of life. If you like, no, it's great. But I'm I'm glad you finished on that um, bit funny joke. So look, listen, listen. Thanks everyone for tuning in on our. I still can't believe this is number four. We spent four hours doing this crap. Uh, from me, Miles Chapman, Ricky Grover, and our lovely soundman and producer Sam Underwood. We'll see you very soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>